we hear the word, Father God, uh, we will be enlightened by it, Father God. And Father God, I thank you, Lord, that uh, we will take the challenge that is set before us as believers in Jesus' name. Amen. America ne desperately needs spiritual renewal or a revival. The churches in Santa Maria need revival. Shekinah glory needs revival. Boy, I thought I'd get something. I'll get you on this one. You and I, as individuals, need revival. Okay. You know, we're all for revival, uh, but when it gets close to home, quote-unquote, uh, everybody gets a little bit nervous. You know, what's, what's this revival going to cost me? Uh, revival implies that the thing that is needing reviving isn't healthy. You don't see paramedics go down, up and down the street looking for somebody that's walking around to revive them. No. Um, those people are usually in good health. They go, the paramedics go someplace where someone's usually flat out and they revive them. <clears throat> so revival also means a, a change, implies a change. So we said we need a revival. Now, that's a threat to each and every one of us. Because if we're not doing well, spiritually, quote-unquote, uh, we tend to get comfortable with what's predictable. You know, well, you know, nothing's going on. You know, I'm happy with it. No, that's not revival. We need to get a fire built up. Jeremiah says, I got fire in my bones. Well, some of us need to get thrown in the fire, I guess. Amen. Spiritual revival is, should be renewed every day. Every day, the world, our flesh, and the devil seeks to pull us back into spiritual lethargy, okay? That chokes the new life, the life of God that's in you. Uh, Christ, that squish out of us. Uh, even though we're receiving, we should be receiving the regeneration, uh, regenerating of the word daily, you know, the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> um, like silver, um, if it's not handled, it gets tarnished. You know, uh, the wife has a silver, silver tea set. And we don't use it, she just sets it up in a little cabinet where you can see it, but... After a while, it looks dingy. It needs to be polished up. Um, that's why we need revival. Some of us need to be polished up. We know what it's supposed to be like, but we need to be polished up, okay? Um, revival's not only just for the individual, but it's corporately. You know, for a church to really get on fire, everybody has to be on, on board. Um, if, if uh, some of you re recall, we had a, uh, the movie by Reinhard Bonnke. It's a big ship. Anybody remember that? You mean I'm going to have to bring it back? 
the ships out there and the waves are tossing and it shows and then they got they got this da -da 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 -da, that SOS deal and another ship is sinking out there and here we are on the only ship that's able to get to that boat that's sinking. Never, never, nobody's recalling this. Some of you all suddenly click click. Okay. Anyway, the boat gets over the, your ship, or the ship that we're on. It's not the Titanic. Okay. It's this kind of glory ship going out there to meet the needs of the sinking ship. And they got the crew there. The crew says, we're happy where we're at. We don't need to go out there. They got out there by themselves. They can get out of their own jam. We're supposed to be going out to the lost. We're staying inside the ship because it's safe. If you go out there, you might get washed overboard. You recall that? Anybody? I'm going to have to bring that video. I think we'll show that video next week then. Maybe just kind of. But that's revival. Everybody on the ship is supposed to be in a revival mode to, well, let me get. Revival is actually for those that, are, that have got tarnished or is in a backslidden uh, slidden state. Because those that are, that are lost are not, don't need revival. They need to become, they, got, they have to be born again. Revival is for those that are born again that are just kind of sitting back and just they're on the, the, on the ship, on the luxury ship. We, we don't do any work on the ship. We are supposed to just cruise. We're just on a cruise. Let them on, on that sinking ship provide for themselves. Oh, this is way off on one. Okay. Um, so there needs to be a corporate corporate revival not only within yourself but within the church that we're within. That means um, if we're starting a fire and if all of us were little sticks somebody has to catch on fire and kind of cozy up to somebody else so they would get hot enough to get a blaze and that somebody has to touch somebody else and pretty soon if ever if all the six got on fire guess what you got a, a good thing going but if you're just the only one out there it's not gonna work somebody's throwing a wet blanket over us and guess who who threw the wet blanket over Shekinah glory or the churches in, in Santa Maria it's that phantom out there Nobody believes in the devil, but he, he's in operation. You know, he's here today. He's here this, this evening. Going to try, try to rob the word from you. I think the, you, Pastor Peggy talked about so or so is the word. And uh, Hey, if the so or so is the word... And the devil comes immediately to take it. Where is he here today? He's here trying to steal the word. Yeah. If anybody, he's in church all the time. Ooh, that, that's hard on some Christians. Oh, boy. This is way off today. Okay. No, way, no one can plan a true revival. It's only God. 
But a revival can start within an individual. Like I said, if that person gets hot enough, he can get touch other people that needs revival. We need revival here. Recall for soul winning. There should be a revival of people saying, we're, on, we're not on a luxury ship, we are on a lifeboat. But we have no volunteers that go on the lifeboat. Okay. I don't know how we're getting on this. Okay, let's turn to 2 Chronicles. Go to the Old Testament. 2 Chronicles chapter 29. In 2 Chronicles chapter 29, beginning verse 1, Hezekiah began his reign when he was 5 and 25, uh, 20 years old, and he reigned 9 and 29 years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Abijah, and uh, the daughter of uh, Zechariah. Uh, notice it didn't give his father's name, but if you look at the previous chapter, verse 27, it says... Uh, and Asa slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city, even in Jerusalem. But they brought him not into the sepulcher of the kings of Israel, and Hezekiah, his son, reigned in his stead. So Hezekiah, if you, if you read the previous chapter, the previous chapters, two, verse 29, you find out as, uh, his, his dad, Ezra, uh, was a very wicked king. Uh, he tore down, he closed the doors of the temple, we'll find out and shut the doors of the temple, and uh, built idols all around the city where people could worship other gods than the true God. And this, this is a, a Jew. Okay, verse 2. And he did that, uh, speaking of um, Hezekiah, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that David his father had done. Verse 3. In, in the very first year of his reign, in the very first month, opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. So the, the temple was, was been shut down, clo you know, dusty. Uh, nobody's been in there for years because his dad was an idol uh, worshiper. Uh, he had some of his own children burned at the, at the god of Moloch, which is, uh, they burned children, and I guess that's why... Uh, Hezekiah was about the only one that survived, uh, didn't get, get thrown into that thing. Um, we're going to look at some important uh, factors right here in uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 29 about revival. Uh, how, how is it ha to happen? There are three important uh, factors that we're going to see uh, in spiritual renewal or revival that happened under this gentleman, King Hezekiah. Spiritual revival comes through commitment. So here he is. He opens the doors to the church. Verse 4. And he brought in the priests and the Levites, and gathered them together into the east street. 
Verse 5, And he said unto them, Hear me, ye Levites, sanctify now yourselves, and sanctify the house of the Lord your God, and carry forth the, filth, uh, carry forth the filthiness out of the holy place. So junk just got all thrown inside the house of the Lord. Um, so the first thing we needed to, there's a, there's a commitment. He opens the door, he has that, the priest, in fact, the priests have to get themselves clean because they haven't been in operation themselves. You just don't throw somebody in there. I select you as to be a priest and you got to do it. They have to find out what they had to do to be cleansed. So they, they go through that. Verse 6, For our fathers had trespassed and done that which was evil in the sight of the Lord our God and have forsaken him and have turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord and they have turned their back. They also have shut the doors of the porch and put out the lamps. They have not burned incense or, nor, uh, nor offered burnt offerings in the holy place unto the Lord God of Israel. Wherefore the wrath of the Lord was upon Judah and Jerusalem and hath delivered them to trouble to astonish them and to hissing that... Uh, that ye will see with your eyes. For lo, the fathers have fallen by the sword, and our sons and our daughters and our wives are in captivity for this. Well, I'm going to run a parallel here. Our country has pretty much shut the door uh, to God in our country, taking out, first taking up uh, the Bible and 61, 62, then prayer, and then uh, Ten Commandments, and then open, I mean, just anything that God says, our country has thrown out and say, we're going to do it our way. So the only way there's going to be a revival in our country is for Christians to open our eyes. Uh, it happened that... Uh, Israel at this time had a, a young man who was a good king. We need a good president that will shock everybody. I mean, there's gonna, there's, we talk about shock and awe. There needs to be some shock and awe when, uh, for a person to come across as a godly man or, or, or a godly woman and throw down the gauntlet. I mean, what we got now is, no, don't get me on that. Um, there needs to be a commitment. The king saw that there needs, there needs to be a thing done. We need, as individuals in our lives, have to make a commitment to God to cleanse ourselves. Otherwise, uh, we're not going to be clean. We can't get a fire going. We can't go. We can't... We can't uh, there's going to be a commitment to do the things of God, then there's going to be a cleansing. We see the, the priests and, and, and uh, out the, cleaned out the temple. We need to clean our, our own temples out because we are priests of our own temples. That the Holy Spirit could, hey, find room to move in instead of being boxed into a little corner because we got things in our, in our lives that are not there, should not be there. Okay? We need to cleanse ourselves. And then... Uh, we're going to find out that after there, there is a commitment and there's the cleansing and there's, then, then we'll find out there's a celebration that takes place. That's what we all look forward to. Amen? Amen. So 
the USA needs to be spiritually renewed. We look for a revival, okay? Okay, let's see. Um, let's go on. Verse 9. For lo, our fathers have fallen by the sword, and our sons and daughters and our wives are in captivity for this. Verse 10. Now it is in my heart to make a covenant with the Lord, the God of Israel, that this that his fierce wrath may turn away from us. Verse 11, my sons, be not uh, negligent, for the Lord hath chosen you to stand before him, to serve him, that ye should minister unto him and burn incense. So our job is to clean ourselves up and do the job that he's called us to do. So there's need, there has to be a commitment on our side. Commitment to do that which, you know, when we make a commitment, it's kind of hard. Because that means you're going to have to make God number one priority, not self. Okay. And when you start to make a commitment, you stir up the enemy's pot. You know, just like, uh, well, just go to New Year's resolution. That's, you make a commitment to do that, and guess what? The enemy stirs up everything to, to prevent you from, um, you know, doing a better job or reading the Word, if you're going to read the Word through the year, or, uh, you know, a commitment to do things for the Lord this year, and... Uh, after the first two days, you're doing good. Then the third day, well, you know, maybe we stepped out a little bit too far. I'll have to step back. That's not what we're supposed to do. We're not called to do that. If you make a commitment, how would you like that? God, Jesus said, I make a commitment for these, these those, I see them, Lord, I see them, Father. Those are the people. You want me to die for those people? They mock me. They spit on me. They lie about me. I commit my life to them and they're not going to commit anything to me. Ooh, am I touching anybody besides myself? What's our first pri priority? You see here in the first month, in the first uh, rain, in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. We need to repair the breaches in our own walls that the enemy has uh, so well began to put footholds or strongholds in our lives. We need to pull them down. To reverse the awful conditions that were introduced by others in our lives, okay? It says, Do not neglect now, for the Lord has chosen you to stand before him to minister to him. And Hezekiah here, his first priority was to face the national crisis, was to call the nation and its leaders back to the proper commitment to God. So to see him calling you to have a commitment to God like, like no other time in your life. We are, time is short. 
Yeah. It might be six months, it could be a year or two years down. But we see, as we look at Israel, that's God's time clock. And it's being pressured into that seven years, getting close to that seven years of Jacob's trouble. Where all the world is against it. The United States is not, not with Israel any longer. United States says, humbug, we're going we're to give, I think it's $150 billion to Iraq or Iran to build their nuclear things. But don't worry about it, Israel. We'll, we'll, they won't do anything. We're giving it. Israel's standing alone now. So we are in the time frame. Oh, boy. A commitment to God is the most pressing need in a time of pressing. Okay? When you face a crisis, the natural human response is to focus on the crisis. If you're a king facing a military threat, the thing to do is to strengthen your army. If you face a health crisis, the first thing you do is get medical attention. If you lost your job, your first priority is what? Find another job. If your marriage is in trouble, you focus on your marriage. If your teenagers are rebellious, your children are, are going crazy, you focus your dealings with your teenager. Right? That's what we do? Wrong. Wrong. I'm not saying that you ignore that problem. They demand our attention. And we would uh, be negligent not to attend to them. But I urge you that we need to do just as Hezekiah did. His example shows us that that most pressuring need in the time of need is to renew our commitment to the Lord. When things get rough, you're looking for a job, you need to make a commitment to the Lord. Whatever the crisis is. Needing finances, you need to commit to the Lord. Not run out there and find four or five jobs. I'm not saying that you, that's wrong to do, but the first commitment is, is make sure that you're right with the God. Because he's the only one that can change it around. Only after we have done that we are free to seek his, his mind and how to deal with the pressing problems. He'll give, us the, he'll give us the answer to those pressing problems. But to leave him out. Look what, if you look at the, like I said, if you read the preceding chapter of, of uh, Second Chronicles chapter 29, you find out that Hezekiah had a lot of things coming because there was an army coming down from, from the north ready to swallow them up. He could have built it. So we, we, need, we, need, we need to draft everybody. Now, he didn't say that. We need to open the, the doors of the temple. We need to open things up. We need to get the people involved with God again. Our country needs to, a leader that says, people, we need to get involved with God again. Quit throwing him out. Let's have open arms unto God once again. I don't know how, the, how, the, how this individual will do it. 
But if he's seeking God's face, he'll get the job done correctly. Amen? Same with us. Whatever the situation or crisis is facing you, if you seek God's face first, the problems will, will be negated. Amen? It's not that you won't, your, pro, your problems won't stop, but you get the answers to them. Problem after problem comes, but the answer always comes ensuing or it gives you an answer prior before a problem can arise, you can stop it. This is, the Lord says, this is what you need to do. Why should I pray about this? Why should I pray about this? I need to go out there and do some work. No, pray about it. The Lord said, pray about it and he'll give you the answer. Or he'll send the answer through prayer. We get too much involved in ourselves. Speaking of God, once we have prayed and put our priorities back in line with him, committing to him, he often will deal with the problem in a way we will never could have even thought of solving. Okay, commitment to God brings hope to the dark situation. When he made these commitments to God, opening the... the, the temple, cleansing it, getting people cleansed and so forth. It brought light to the darkest situation. Uh, Hezekiah could have said, things are grim. My, my father shut down the temple. Idolatry is rampant. Um, we've lost territory to other nations. Um, uh, we are the target of every nation. He could have grown de very depressed and have uh, been paralyzed into doing nothing. How many ever had that happen? Man, I don't know what to do. You just get frozen. Am I the only one? Well, glory to God. I'm glad you're doing good out there. You saw the light before I did, I guess. But instead, Hezekiah committed himself to follow the Lord. He rallied the priests to reopen the temple for worship. He called the nation back to God. As soon as God breaks into any situation, as soon as God breaks into any situation, darkness is dispelled by the light of his presence. Oh, glory to God. Um, in history, God has broken into the worst situation, bringing hope and light to humanity, okay? Um, at the time of Reformation, going back to the 14, 12 and 1400s, uh, spiritual reformation and conditions were abysmal. The church uh, was corrupt beyond description. Um, it took a, uh, God took a, a monk called uh, Martha Luther and a French lawyer named John Calvin, and these, uh, these two men uh, brought the good news that Christ died for sinners that his forgiveness and eternal life are free, a free gift to all who will trust in him. They began to proclaim. Hope broke into darkness situation, to the darkness situation. Hope came forth. The same thing happened during the English revival in the 18th century. The West, John Wesley and George Whitfield um, 
Some historians, uh, histor historians say that e England would have faced a bloody, a bloody revolution similar to France if the revival had not taken place in England. And uh, if you look at France, it, it continued to be an atheistic country. It still is on that side, and we are fastly approaching it. So we need, as Christians, revival. Okay. Uh, it, this applies to our, our, our nation at this time. Sin is abounding. People are flaunting uh, their degradation. Um, religious liberties are being taken away. Christian, uh, Judeo-Christian base are being under, underlined. Our legal uh, political systems have been eroded. Uh, the Christian church even seems to be anemic and polluted with sins. Uh, you look at number of churches uh, just in the last, oh, last two months. Uh, like I say, I, I listen to the Israeli news uh, uh, once a week. And just in the last two months, three mainline denominations have um, cursed Israel, saying they are the problem of the world. These are three main line denominations, and one of them is the Pentecostal one. Wow. But if we are God's people, we need to commit ourselves to Him fully, for He is our only hope. Amen. Glory to God. If God will break into the church and the nation His light, there will be no limit to what can happen for the good of this country. Um, Rodney Hart Brown is, is, uh, was in our nation's capital at the, during the week of the 4th and uh, doing a great job. I need to, need to check that out. He did some great things there. Um, now, this also should apply to us personally, this commitment. Okay, we're still talking about commitment. Let's see if I can get through this tonight. Um, Perhaps you're in a hopeless, uh, discouraging situation, you know. Um, you've given every ounce of your time and effort to deal with it, but it comes to no avail. Uh, but you can't conceive of any problem, or can you conceive of any problem too big for God? Is there any problem too big for God? And you say no. Well, if God breaks into your situation, there's hope. So let God come in. Glory to God. The main thing is that we renew our commitment to Him. I mean, get, we need to, like I said, that silver, that, that silver tea set the wife has, has that, it's all tarnished. It needs to be shined up. Some of us just need to be shined up a little bit. You know, get the dirt that's got in the crevices. Okay, you know, those, the crevices are the hardest part to get, you know, because, you know, you see, everybody sees the, the silver set and they say, oh, that's pretty. They see the big thing. But if you take a magnifying glass, you start looking at some of the unique things. There. Oh, man, that's dirty. You know, that's what, how we need to look at our own lives. Oh, yeah, I go, to, I go to church, but oh, there's something in my life that needs to be cleared out. Let's get washed by the word, regeneration of the word. Glory to God. Um, there was a missionary, Judson... Johnson, uh, who, who pioneered uh, missionary in Burma. He was suffering from uh, a fever and a rat 
infested prison. And uh, he was there for years and didn't see any fruit of his labor. How many times, you know, say, I don't know how many times I've heard that, but, you know, what's, where, you know, you've been there and you, nothing is happening. Yeah. If you were to have something happen, you'd be a big church or you could have all these disciples around you or you have a big congregation. Well, people could say the same thing about Jesus. You had, you got up to 500 or better or a couple of thousand because you fed a couple of thousand and then, then you said you got to uh, eat my flesh and drink my blood and you lost more than half of them. And then they caught you and they crucified, you begin to crucify and you only had two people there from your congregation. John was the only one that was there, really. Peter looked on from a distance. You failed, Jesus. People look at the big, you know. Hey, we're here for the long run, okay? Oh, boy. Right, anyway, we're going back to Judson, okay? Um, a friend, he got a letter from a friend, and it, and it said, Judson, how's the outlook? Now, he's in a prison. Stinking prison. He, he hasn't seen any converts. Hardly any, you know? And, and it's... Nothing's going his way. Here's what he wrote back. The outlook is bright as the promises of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God said, told him something. He says, the outlook is bright. Just like God promised. He wasn't going to look at the situation, the circumstance around him. Look at Paul in prison. Silas. Look at you, Paul. You've been beaten how many times? Shipwrecked how many times? Stoned how many times? Paul says, let's have a sing on. Sing along. <laughs> the whole prison opened up. Glory to God. The outlook is bright as the promises of God. Commitment to God brings hope in dark situations. So whatever dark situation you and I may be, may be faced with, the outlook is bright. Just like, just like when it's raining out there, when it's cloudy, it's dull looking day, above the clouds the sun is shining. Because I've been up in the airplane. <laughs> and we know, okay, and of course we know we've read the end of the book, we find out we win. So, you know, Okay, commitment. We're still looking, we're talking about commitment. We haven't even gotten to the other ones yet. We haven't gotten to it. <laughs> commitment to God always involves radical commitment to his word. This is our key. Radical commitment to his word. You follow his word to the letter. By radical commitment to God's word means going against the traditions and current customs of man, if need be. If need be, you need to go back to completely, 
Go back to complete obedience to God's word teaches how we are to live. How are we to live? Um, Hezekiah reformed, reformed is an understanding of what the law of Moses prescribed and a commitment to follow that completely. He knew that what was cleansed and unclean. He knew that the proper uh, he he knew that the proper incense offerings and burning burnt offerings had to be had been neglected. He had to gain an understanding from God's word. Spiritual renewal is always centered on renewal of God's authorities or authority of word. So your commitment or a radical commitment is going back to God's word. Read the word as it reads, not read the word as you think it should. A lot of people change God's word. Oh boy. Look at verse 6 again, 29.6. For our fathers have trespassed and have done that which was evil in, in the eyes of the Lord our God and have forsaken him and have turned, our, turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord and have turned their backs. So in other words, Hezekiah had to make a commitment to go against every evil, uh, evil, evil way um, and to follow God's word even when it ran counter to what the practice was being done at that time. He had to tear down the, the idol worship, the, the, the idols in the places. He had to clean out the, the, the church building. And for us, we need to clean out inside. There might be idols on the outside that uh, we need to tear down also. Anything that, that, that we love more than God is an idol. Whoa. A radical commitment to God's words mean... Though you had an, uh, though you, let me read this. A radical commitment to God's word means that even though you had angry, abusive, self-centered parents, you can, uh, you confront your, you must confront your own anger, abusiveness, and self-centeredness, so it doesn't continue in your family. Even though your parents worship gods of their own making, whether money or pleasure. You worship, you must worship the living God in accordance to his word of truth. Commitment puts God's word into your life by obeying it and confronts when we don't obey it. Spiritual renewal always comes through renewal, commitment to God's word. Okay, renewal, renewal, commitment to God and his word always reveals areas in our lives that have been displeasing to God. There's that silver teapot. We get nice and bright and shiny in all the flat spots, but in all the little etches that are so, you take a magnifying glass, you find it's, it's dirty. We need to really get in the areas where we are displeasing God. Thus, the second element of spiritual renewal is cleansing. So we're not going to talk about a little bit on cleansing. Spiritual renewal comes through cleansing according to God's word. Uh, and if you'll read verses 12 through 24 um, in this chapter, it talks about the spiritual cleansing. Um, reform or renewal always starts with the person and moves outward to the church. Church. 
first we, we clean ourselves up and then we go into the church and the church is cleaned up because we're there. Verse 25, let's look at verse 25. And he let the Levites in the house of the Lord with cymbals and psalteries and harps according to the commandment of, of David and, and the gad of King Seir and Nathan the, the prophet for so was the commandments of the Lord by his prophets. So we need to follow through on, uh, consecrate ourselves in the house, okay? Uh, it says, God can't use, use you to impact others for Christ until we clean ourselves from defilement. That's where a lot of people say, you know, uh, that, guy's a Christian, uh, that guy's a hypocrite. Why? Because they have not cleaned the, the certain areas out that uh, they see <laughs> they see themselves doing. Said, so, well, if you're doing it, then I'm a Christian too. I don't have to go to church, but you know, because you're doing it, I've, I've, I'm doing the same thing. You know, we do the same thing. Hello. Nobody ever talked to you that way, did they? My wife did. <laughs> What do you think? You're doing the same thing I did. You're, you're supposed to be a Christian. Oh, that was a bad. Uh, see, so there was a lot of. It wasn't just little crevices in my armor. It was a bunch. So, if we're if we're willing to clean ourselves up, it might take a while. You might need to sh use shovels, excavators. But once it's done, he will restore us and use us again for his purpose. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So that dirt in our lives, I'm glad the Lord says clean it up. And once it's cleaned up, we'll, we're going to work together. Okay. Uh, in, Hezekiah's, in Hezekiah's revival, as soon as the temple was cleaned, they gathered together to worship. Glory to God, hallelujah. There were three types of, uh, of uh, worship or, or, or sacrifices that were given. Verse 29, a chapter, well, let's go. Okay, we're in verse 29, let's, uh, chapter 20, let's go to verse uh, 21. And they brought seven bullocks and seven rams and seven lambs and seven he goats for a sin offering. For, for the kingdom, for the sanctuary, and for Judah, and for the com uh, commandment of the priests of the sons of Aaron to offer them on the altar of the Lord. So, so here we see that there were sin offerings. Uh, chapter 23, verse 27 talks about burnt offerings. And in chapter 29, since we're here, we'll look at verse 31. And Hezekiah answered and said, Now ye have consecrated yourselves unto the Lord. Come near and bring sacrifices and thanks offerings into the house of the Lord, and the congregation brought in sacrifices and thanks offerings, and as many were there, were free heart, were of a free heart, burnt offerings. So, a free heart, that means there, there's willfully, I mean, cheerful giving. Glory to God. So, um, these three offerings typify the type of cleansing and consecration we need to be as worshipers. The sin and offering pictures a substitute. Sin offering is a substitute. 
when the, when the uh, they brought if I was coming into the to the temple, I brought a lamb with me, and I brought it to the priest. And the priest says, "This is your sin offering." I said, "Yes, this is my sin offering." He said, "Place your hands on the head of the head of the lamb." My hands were there, and then he would kill the lamb. And when that lamb died, my sins went with that lamb. That's how it went. That was sin offering. So you're free. That's my sin offering. Sin offerings were on that lamb. That's how when Jesus died on the cross, my sins went on your sin. Our, my, our sins went on the on the Lamb of God. We're free. So that's a, that was a sin offering. Okay? So it was a substitution, okay? Um, for the person to be cleansed, he had to lay his hands on the head of the animal and the priest uh, slid his throat, thus identifying himself with the shed blood on his behalf. His sins were transferred to the animal which died in his place. Even so, there is no cleansing from our sins unless... You, by faith, identify yourself with Jesus Christ in his death on your behalf. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Burnt offerings is a picture of consecration. It is offered totally up to the Lord. The worshiper did not, did not uh, eat any of it. It represents the surrender and holy, holiness demands of those who receive God's forgiveness. Our response to his mercy in becoming our sin offering should be to give ourselves completely to him. So the consecration, the burnt offering is a consecration. So when they gave a, they gave a sin offering and then they gave a burnt offering, it says this is a consecration. This is totally yours. God, I'm totally yours. I urge you therefore by the, uh, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable service to God. Romans 12, 3. Okay? Then there was a thanks offering. Uh, this is a picture of devotion. These were voluntary offerings expressing love and gratitude for God's many blessings. Um, through Christ, then let us continue to offer a, up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the lip, the fruit of the lips that give thanks in His name. So the, the thanks offering is that we need to give through our lips. See, you, you, you got a sin offering. Thank you. Your sins are given, given to the Lamb. And then there's that burnt offering. It says, I'm consecrated to you. And then, then the thanks offering is from our lips, giving praise unto God, thanking God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And do not neglect uh, doing these, uh, doing good and sharing for... Such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Um, we should be over, over, overzealous, overflowing with gratitude for God, yeah. to the Lord for what He did. I mean, <laughs> okay. The burnt offering and thanks offerings move into a third area of renewals. It's talk about it talks about celebration. Um, we can experience. Wow, I'm getting close. Can't experience um, um, spiritual renew, renewal uh, unless we appropriate God's cleansing through the blood of Christ, uh, confessing our sins and, and cleansing and removing the crud out of our lives. Spiritual renewal starts with commitment 
continues with cleansing and culminates with celebration. So you have a, we have a commitment. We went through a cleansing, removed that dross. Now we, now we should celebrate. Glory to God, hallelujah. That, you'll find that in uh, chapter 29, verses uh, 25 through 36. That talks about the uh, uh, celebration. Uh, celebration results from knowing that your sins are forgiven. When the burnt offerings began, the song of the Lord began with the trumpets. 29 verse 27, since we're there. Verse 27, it says, And Hezekiah commanded the, uh, the, to offer the burnt offerings upon the altar. And when the burnt offerings began, uh, offer, offerings began, the song of the Lord began also with the trumpets. Well, that sounds like they're celebrating here. Glory to God. They had quite a celebration. The cymbals, harps, lyres, trumpets, and singing. Uh, the word celebration uh, uses because there's commit, the word commitment and cleansing are both with C, so we have celebration also, okay? Um, through the words expressed the fact that uh, people weren't mumbling through the religious service. There had to be a celebration. Uh, thank you, Lord. There was a celebration. Looking at, this brings it down into today's. Seriously, though, the word expresses the fact that people weren't just mumbling through the religious service, looking at their watches and wondering if they will get home in time to watch the roast or watch the game. Their hearts were in it. Look at verse 30. Moreover, Hezekiah, the king of the princes, Commanded the Levites to sing praise unto the Lord with, with the words of David and Asaph the seer. And they sang praises with, with sadness. And they bowed their heads and murmured. You know, it says they, they sang praises with gladness and bowed their heads and worshiped. Sang praises with joy. Do we sing that way? Whoa. If we don't sing that way, we, we might, since we're talking about revival, we might need a revival in our lives. When we realize that God has, when we realize that God has moved in your heart and Christ is the perfect sacrifice for your sins, how can you mumble through a song of joy. Boy. An outsider coming into the midst should be able to tell, tell by your worship that we are overflowing with joy because what God has done for us. They were joyous here, it says. But they were also reverent. They bowed down and worshiped. They had a sense of awe in the presence of God by bowing down and showed their submission to him. Wow. There's a lot in the Old Testament we can learn. This is revival. Um, there was a song a few came out a few years ago, Our God is an awesome God. You know, um, lot, the word awesome is overused in, in 
outside. Oh, that, that guy is awesome in the, on the baseball field or the basketball field, or, you know, or they're, they're an awesome uh, star. That, that awesome can't, man can't compete with the awesomeness of God. We need to remember when we worship God, he's an awesome God. Glory to God, hallelujah. Verse 31. One more time. Then Hezekiah answered and said, Now ye have consecrated yourselves unto the Lord. Come near. Come near. And bring your sacrifices. Thanks offerings to the house of the Lord. We don't gather on Sundays to run an entertainment program. Okay. We gather to meet the Lord to come to be near Him. So our worship celebration should be joyful and reverence in His presence. This is the point. A lot of people say, I didn't get anything out of that service today. You come into God's house. I didn't get anything out of the service today. The point is, did the Lord get anything out of you today? What did he get out of you today? When you come into his house? Uh, same old thing. Hey, that's bad. I mean, we need to get a re revival in our hearts. Remove the dross. I mean, our first love is gone. Verse 36 says that, and then Hezekiah, and all the people rejoiced over what God had prepared for the people because the thing came about. Look at verse 36. And Hezekiah rejoiced in all the people that God had prepared the people for the thing was done. Suddenly, when you come into church, you need to expect suddenly to happen. Well, I'm not expecting anything. Well, expect something for somebody else. Somebody coming in for the first time, expect suddenly that individual will come to know the Lord, get, get born again. I mean, if you, you don't know the individual, they might be carrying a Bible. Doesn't mean they're, they're a, a believer. Somebody just might have gave them a Bible. I know I've given Bibles away. I don't know if they brought them to the church or not, but I told them that the greatest greatest thing is in here in the world is to find the Lord Jesus. But there's suddenlies. God prepared a suddenly. Wouldn't it be neat to come in Sunday morning? I'm expecting a suddenly, Lord. Come on. He says, what do you got to do? I got I to gotta be committed. I got to be cleansed. Huh? Oh, glory to God. Then the sandals will take place. Oh, glory to God. Uh, there ought to be some people jumping around, not just... I mean, I don't mean some, some... We ought to be people like the guy that came in with Peter and John. 
that lame person jumping and leaping and praising God. Well, the whole place that needs to be erupting because there's a suddenly going to happen. Oh, their joy was spontaneous. When Jesus was born, it says, and suddenly the angels came. Suddenly. And Acts, a mighty rushing wind came suddenly. Oh, glory to God. We need to be prepared for the suddenlies. God's wanting to do it suddenly here. And God's people rejoiced in God, not Hezekiah. They rejoiced in God. Spiritual renewal is needed in our, our nation, but it begins with our hearts. Here's a quote from John Wesley. Give me 100 men who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God, and I will shake the world. Oh, just about done. If you and I want revival, we want, number one, must commit ourselves completely to the Lord. Two, cleanse ourselves from all defilement of the flesh, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. And we must be in corporate celebration. Suddenly, let's have a suddenly this coming Sunday. Amen. How many would like to have a good suddenly? If you all, wouldn't it be neat when, when, when all of a sudden they're playing some hot music? <laughs> everybody would start moving around and just, instead of just everybody. That would be a neat suddenly. I mean, people look, oh, they're jumping up. They're jumping up. And pretty soon, they're the only one. Well, I better do it. And when you start to do it, you get involved in it. You enjoy it. Yeah. Hello. Commitment. Cleanses, cleansing ourselves and celebration. If God's Spirit moves in a mighty way in our midst, we will rejoice over what He has prepared because the thing will come about suddenly. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, we went through that one. Amen. Amen. I think. I better close. Anybody need prayer at this time? <laughs>